sometimes even uh, things like technology can take over and you have no control over it. And you just kind of roll with the flow, roll with the punches, right? That's life sometimes. So we're in this season of Advent. This season really, to sum it up in one word, this season of anticipation. These weeks leading up to Christmas is a, is a time of anticipating uh, for us celebrating the birth of Jesus. And as I shared last week, it's not so much that this was the exact day that Jesus was born. And we understand the origins of the, the holiday itself. But it's that this day is designated for us to celebrate, to recognize and celebrate the day that Jesus was born. So it's a season of anticipation. And for us at Own Your Faith, is also a season of anticipation because we're transitioning. Um, we're, we're transitioning to, all of us, to new seasons. As we close the doors in a few weeks, I'm grateful during this season. I'm practicing gratitude. I'm closing out the year. Rather than focusing on how crazy the year is, on how... Uh, how traumatic it's been, and it has been, and there's a journey, a process that we must walk through for healing, collectively and for many individually. Um, I'm grateful, as I shared last week, for who I'm from, those that have gone before me. I'm grateful for where I'm from, my culture, my ancestry, my heritage. I'm grateful for the, those who have set the tone before I even got here their resiliency, the endurance. But I'm grateful for a few more things. And today, I want us to talk about or focus on agency. So I want you to do, do one of two things or both. I want you to say it out loud. But not, not, don't unmute and say it. Say it while you're muted. But say it like a, a self-affirmation. One thing I've learned about self-affirmations is we, can, we have a tendency to rehearse the negative. Rehearse the lies. Rehearse the insecurities. And sometimes we have to speak truth over ourselves. I believe in that verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I try to speak life over myself. I was going through a difficult season five years ago before I started On Your Faith and transitioned here. And, um, you know, there were lies and things said about me. And, and I, I, I would rehearse those things and rehearse what people were saying and rehearse what I would say to, to others. And then I'd have to remind myself, I had to speak over myself. No, no, no. You know who you are. I know who I am. And so I want us today to practice a little bit of uh, self-affirmation. I want you to say and even type in the chat, in the chat space, I have agency. I have agency. You can say it out loud, speak it over yourself. You can type it in the chat room. I have agency. All through 2020, with all that's going on around us, we can feel powerless and helpless. But you still have agency. I'm going to talk about what this means in just a second. I was watching something this morning. I was reminded of something this morning, I should say. Steve Gleason is a, a, a former football player for the New Orleans Saints, and he has ALS. 
for a number of years. He's had ALS, and he's uh, gotten to the place where he's completely paralyzed, and he can't speak. Um, but he, 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 can, he has a technology to type with his eyes. Looking at the screen, the letters, he can type out with his eyes. And the computer would speak. If he's doing an interview, the computer would speak on his behalf. I want you to think about this for a second. This was a football player, muscles, speed, power, all that money. And this disease has crippled him, but it has not crippled his mind. And he's this example for me that as long as he has breath, he can say, I have agency. So he's still making an impact. Just received the Congressional Medal of Honor not too long ago. He can't move. He can't speak. He's in a wheelchair. Fortunately, he has the technology where he can speak and communicate with his eyes, typing out the words, and the computer would speak it to the, peep, to the person with him. He still has agency. And he says this, with a sense of purpose, the right support, and the right technology, it is possible to live a meaningful life. He hasn't given up. The week we began the stay-at-home orders, I began, I was engaged in writing my book and writing papers. So I, it, it could have easily been a season of frustration and, oh my goodness, it can't go anywhere. I locked in, began to write every day, all day, books and papers while I'm studying. I was no longer able to preach, teach, or counsel in person, but we have online. I couldn't show my, my film in person and have these screenings, but we had virtual screenings. I couldn't go to the gym because the gyms were shut down. But there's a, if there's a ground and no rain, I can run. I can do push-ups. In other words, all the things that was, were, were, were taken from me, all the limitations that were set for me, did not take away my agency. I have agency. I want you to think about your agency. We had people who may not have voices, may not have influence in platforms, but collectively got together in protest this summer, using their agency. There are people who may not have protested or they may feel like, you know, there's nothing I can do, but they voted in a record-setting election. They have agency. There are many things that can happen in our lives that will cause us to feel powerless and helpless. Many circumstances where outside of the realm of possibilities, th things that, that we feel like this thing is impossible now because the circumstances have changed. But we still have agency that can transcend the circumstances. Follow me. It gets even better when you have a relationship with the Lord. Because then there's God empowering your agency. Acts 1.8, Jesus says these words. But you will receive power. 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses, my witnesses, in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen to what he says. You will receive power. That word power, don't think of it in a sense, just in the sense of how we use it, with force. He's saying, you will receive ability. You will have the capacity to be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit falls upon you. In other words, you already have human agency. You already have agency. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit fills you, indwells you, fills you, saturates you, you will now have power. You will now have an increased ability, capacity to be witnesses of Jesus. What do we mean by agency? The capacity to exert power or influence. The ability to cause something to happen. The capacity to act. In other words, you can do something. Agency. You can cause something to happen. You can influence in some way. You can do something. Here's what moral agency is. Moral agency is the ability or the capacity to make moral judgments. So as you're doing things, as you're causing things to happen, now there's this element of right or wrong involved. And it comes from a commonly held understanding of right or wrong. So you understand that you should not kill someone. Or you understand that you should not take revenge and bring harm to someone. Now that's a, that's a moral judgment. Someone did something to you and now you want to retaliate and get them back, whether it kills them or hurt them, it does harm to them and you refrain from doing it or you may do it. You're making a moral judgment. You're saying it's either okay to do this thing or it's not. And now you're exercising moral agency, not just agency. So here's my point, here's my, 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 my take home for this message. Agency is as inherent to your humanity as your dignity. Did you catch that? I'm gonna ask questions because I wanna make sure we get it. Agency, your ability to do, to cause, to influence. It is as inherent to your humanity, to your very being, as your dignity is. So you come, you, you are created with dignity, worth, value, worthy of respect, just for being human. Likewise, just for being human, you have agency that no one has a right to take away from you. Agency, number one, is given by God. That's my first little sub-point here. Agency is inherent to your humanity, as it is as inherent to your humanity as your dignity. Why is that so? Because agency is given by God. No one gave you agency. No one gave you this gift or ability. You don't need permission 
to do, to cause, to produce, to influence. That has been given to you by God. And Genesis 1.28 says this. And, and by the way, agency is, is a human capacity. It's not just a Christian one. Right? Even moral agency is not just a Christian thing. Right? People who don't know Jesus still make moral judgments. And sometimes people who don't know Jesus make better judgments than people who know Jesus. But that's a whole other sermon. I'll get to that in another, another, another ministry down the road. Genesis 1.28 says this. God blessed them, talking about humanity, Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. The previous verse says that God created man, humanity, in God's image. In the image of God, God created, created them. Male and female, God created them. And then it says in verse 28, and God blessed them. And then God gave them, God says, be fruitful. You have, they have now been given agency to be fruitful, to procreate. But not just procreate physically, be fruitful in terms of the fruit of your life, your character. That We need to broaden that. It's not just about procreating. Be fruitful. Bear fruit. Bear good fruit. After all, you're made in the image of God. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? With people? Partly, yes. Fill the earth with the image of God. He says, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And then he says, and subdue it and have dominion over it. Agency. From the time that God created humanity, God placed, gave them the gift of agency, permission to do. When God, in, in, in Genesis uh, 2, it said that God, after God formed Adam, God breathed the breath of life in Adam. Genesis 2. And Adam became a living being. And that's when God, Adam, when humanity was given agency. The ability, the capacity to do, to cause. These, if you look at the verbs, if you look at the verbs, they're active verbs that suggest agency. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. In other words, go and do these things. These are not passive verbs where something is happening to them. Go and do these things. And then he says, subdue and have dominion over. What does it mean to subdue? It means to place beneath, to put under. In other words, have authority over. And he's giving them authority over creation. In other words, render creation dependent upon you. If I bring it down to one word, he's talking about stewardship. So we read this phrase, and oftentimes we get this, this word dominion, have dominion and subdue. We have, it has a negative connotation to it. 
But when you read this and you understand the character of God, especially when you look at Genesis 2.15, it's about stewardship, having dominion over and placing and subduing the earth is not about exploiting the earth and abusing the earth and creation. It's about nurturing, caring for. Look at Genesis 2.15. This, this is really the first assignment that humanity has. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Two things. To work it and keep it. To work it and keep it. To work it, to cultivate it, to nurture it, to work the land as a farmer would, till the ground, care for it. Why? So that it could bear fruit. This is, this is how we're supposed to be treating creation. This is how we're supposed to be treating each other. Cultivate, nurture. And then it says, and keep it. The word keep, guard. Protect, watch over, observe, watch over it. Superintend the garden. This is a lesson for today. This is a lesson for us today on how we ought to care for creation and care for one another, humanity, our neighbor. Agency is given by God. Now, if you look at that text, the first thing he says is that he blessed them. He favored them. He gave them favor. He affirmed them, spoke over them, right? Jump over to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. This is a supernatural encounter. This is Mary, the angel Gabriel approaches Mary. I don't know if any of you ever had an angel approach you. And here's the thing, you probably don't even know. If a real angel, because the angel is not, well, I'm not talking about the wings. I'm not talking about the, the, what you see on cartoons. I'm talking about a real person that may be an angel. You may be entertaining an angel. You don't even know. You wouldn't even know. That's the, that's the crazy part. We may have encountered angels and not even know it. But Mary encountered this angel. This is a supernatural encounter. And she's greeted. And the first thing he says to her is, he calls her favored one. Greetings, oh favored one. Right? Blessed one. Chosen by God for a particular purpose. Loved by God. He then says, God is with you. Favored one. And then he goes on and says, you're going to supernaturally conceive a child. You're going to have a son. Um, I ain't been with nobody. That ain't possible. No, it's possible. Because you're favored. You're the favored one. And God has chosen you. And by the Holy Spirit, God is going to cause you. God's going to use God's agency to cause you to be pregnant. And she would conceive, give birth to, and raise a son, the Son of God. She now has she has the capacity 
in her participation with God to cause something to come to be, to produce something. Now think about this. Think about her circumstances. An angel approaches a teenager. You're going to have a son. She's not married. She's a virgin. She's not wealthy. Think about her circumstance. Think You can even bring it to today and think about that situation. How scared would she have been? How frightening is that? How powerless or helpless would she have been, a, 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 an unmarried mom? She doesn't know if Joseph is going to stay. Like, that would be the reality. We know that he stayed. She doesn't know that. This, this is crazy if you think about it. But it says, for a second time, twice, you are favored by the Lord. Just like in Genesis 1.27, God blessed them. God showed favor. God affirmed them. Same thing is happening right here. And she was favored by God for a specific purpose. Let me stop right there for a second. You are favored by God for a specific purpose. I don't think people really understand that. I don't think we really understand that each of us are favored by God. Each of us are made in the image of God, and God has a purpose for each of us, individually but also collectively. Each of us. Not just the person next to you. Not the person who's preaching. Not the one who seems to have these gifts and talents and skills. Not the one with money. And Each of us. Could it be that during this season, as we transition to the next season, could it be that, that God is going to launch you into that purpose? If you would so participate with God. Could it be that on your faith might be hampering you in some way? Enabling, crippling you, a comfort for you, a crutch. And God, through the Spirit, would cause her to be pregnant without the participation of another human being. Agency is as inherent to your humanity as your dignity. Why? One, because agency is given by God. And two, agency is affirmed by God. God affirmed her here. God affirmed her in two ways. By his word, the word of the angel, favored one of, of, of God. You have been chosen. You have been chosen for this task. And then God, the second, God affirmed by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come over you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. What does it mean to, to be overshadowed by the Spirit? Anybody been overshadowed by the Spirit? Hmm. Agency is affirmed by God. You don't need me or anyone else to affirm your 
that you have the capacity to do or cause. You may need my encouragement, your neighbor's encouragement. You may need um, some words of wisdom and perspective and insight as you work through and process some things that you feel like the Lord has wired you to do or called you to do. You don't need my permission. Agency is given by God. I don't need your permission. I, need, I didn't need anyone's permission to transition out of pastoring. I did need encouragement. I did need insight from my mentors. I processed this for years, right? Last two and a half, three years, been processing, wrestling with God with this. I didn't need my permission from my mentorship, from my mentors, but I needed their encouragement. I needed their wisdom. I needed their insight and their perspective. Right? Agency is given by God, but through their wisdom, through their insight, through their encouragement, through them believing in me, seeing things in me, reminding me of some things, through that, God affirmed my agency through their encouragement, through their insight and their perspectives. Is that, do you see the difference? I don't need, I don't need permission, but God will use people the people around me to affirm the agency that is in me, that I have the capacity to do, to cause, to produce. Likewise, I want to encourage you. You have the capacity to, just like Mary. Mary, again, a teenager. God didn't choose the 25, 30-year-old that has everything together. Has a husband, is stable. Okay, I want to bring this, this child into a stable environment. God didn't choose that. God chose the most vulnerable for the task of conceiving, being pregnant with, and giving birth to the Messiah. Think about that. Think about that. Anybody feel vulnerable? Anybody feel like the least of these? Feel like everyone else has it together? Well, Mary is proof. Mary sets a precedence that God can choose the vulnerable among us and give them agency, permission, agency to cause change. John 14, 12 says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. This freaks me out, man. And greater works than these will he or she do because I go to the Father. <laughs> Wrap your mind around this now. Whoever believes in me, that's us and others, will also do the works that I do, have the capacity and greater works than these will he or she do because I go to the Father. What does that mean? Now, I don't believe that this is about quality of works because Jesus was sinless. Jesus had this, this the, the, the relationship with, with the Father that all of us aspire to. Jesus was God in flesh. 
So I don't believe that G, that that he's talking about the quality that we would do works that are of, of, of greater quality. But I do believe that Jesus is saying quantity or frequency. Both as an individual and collectively, we will do greater. We will do more. We will extend the ministry of Jesus. Why? Because he goes to the Father. Why is that important? Because when Jesus goes to the Father, the Father sends the Spirit. The Spirit that indwells. The Spirit that fills. The Spirit that overshadows. Luke 135. Go back to Luke 135. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. To overshadow means to envelop. Literally, it means to wrap up. So the power and the agency of God, the power or the agency of God, covered and wrapped her. Saturated her. The Holy Spirit in, indwells, fills, leads, and guides us, but doesn't nullify our agency, but empowers and orients our agency towards God's will. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit indwelling, filling, leading, and guiding, guiding us, it does not nullify our agency. It doesn't mean that we do nothing and it's just all God like we're robots or puppets. That's not what that means. But instead, but what it does mean is the Spirit empowers us and orients our efforts, our agency towards God's will. In fact, the Holy Spirit amplifies our agency. What did I say in the beginning? All human beings have agency, even moral agency. But the Spirit empowers what God has already given us as human beings. The Holy Spirit empowers and amplifies that agency. Why? So that we would do the works that Jesus did, and even greater works than Jesus did. Agency is as inherent to your humanity as your dignity. It's built into what it means to be human. Why? Because agency is given by God. Agency is affirmed by God. And agency is empowered by God. As I close, verse 137 Simple verse. For nothing will be impossible with God. I want you to say that out loud. You can type it in the chat if you want. I want you to say it out loud and affirm it to yourself, especially if you're, if you're struggling and questioning some things that are happening in your life right now. You're rehearsing the doubt in your mind. I want you to say it, speak it over your life. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Let me say, let's, let's do it this way. I want you to emphasize, we're going to say it several times, and we're going to emphasize each word, a different word each time. 
Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with Nothing will be impossible with God. I'm grateful for the possibilities with God that transcend my circumstances. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. As we, as we anticipate the birth of Christ, and we think about the scene, it would seem impossible that anything good would happen from this situation. Unwed parents, right? The baby's wrapped for warmth, but in a feeding trough where an animal eats out of. No place for him at the end. Poor young couple, possibly facing embarrassment and ridicule from the community because they're not married, but yet she's pregnant or she had this baby. It would seem like a near impossible situation, almost as impossible as her getting pregnant in the first place. That's a miracle. But the, the possibilities of something good coming out of this situation, it's going to be rough for this child. I'm grateful for the potential and the possibilities that transcend my circumstances. And here's the key. In verse 38, she identifies herself as a servant of the Lord. Available for God's will to be accomplished through her life, not just for her life. Did you hear that? She was a servant of the Lord. She identifies. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. So she was open and available for God's will to be accomplished through her life, not just for her life. For her life could, could be the, the result of an individualistic mentality and everything is for me. No, through her life, that it's for her, but it will bless others. Because she didn't have to participate. She didn't have to be willing and available. Because God's, the Holy Spirit will not force or impose or take away your free will. Impose upon, force you to do anything. What God does is God offers and invites you into. Abraham was invited into that. He could have not believed God, but he believed God. Even Jesus 
During the temptation, Jesus could have gone left while he was tempted, but he, he did not. All through scripture, God never takes away your free will. You have human agency, but are you available for the Holy Spirit to amplify and empower that agency? Are you available for God to work through you? And sometimes God has to take you out of a situation and put you into a new situation so that what God has called you to do would manifest. It's not going to manifest in that season, maybe partially, but fully over here. Abraham had to leave his, his family, right? And other examples of that. I'm grateful that as long as I have breath, as long as I have my right mind, I have agency. And I'm grateful to God for that. So if 2020 did nothing else, it caused me to pause and reflect on that. There will be likely around 2,000 plus people that won't wake up, that won't finish the day. They no longer have agency. There are others that may be in a coma for various illnesses. They won't make it, they don't have necessarily have agency. You have agency. You can cause things to happen. That's, that, that'll never be taken away from you. 